across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Uh, Chili Boy, coming up in a moment. First of all, let's talk about rugby leading into that. Uh, columnist Herman Moster has written on sport24.co.za. Ditch Super Rugby, he asks. COVID-19 gives SA time to breathe. Herman, thanks very much for joining us on a Saturday night. Good evening. It's a pleasure to be here. First of all, are we? is New Zealand really saying that they don't want South Africa in Super Rugby anymore? Look, uh, I don't think they're saying they, they don't want us in. I think it's, it's more a case of um, the, the current situation in the world prohibits uh, traveling, and that means that our teams can't travel to New Zealand, and it's going to, at the very least, stay like that until at least May next year. Sure. And <clears throat> what that means is New Zealand has to make their own plans and they're well within their rights, even though they're part of the the Sanzar Alliance, um, which is obviously Australia, um, Argentina, South Africa, and New Zealand. But they're within their own rights to to stage their own events and to make sure that they their teams remain as competitive as possible. And unfortunately, that excludes South Africa from 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 that competition until at least May next year. So that that means that we're going to have to go go at it alone next mm-hmm. year for. For the foreseeable future. Uh, news this week that some of the All Black players are supporting a Hawaiian team. Obviously, the Pacific Island teams could come in there as well. That's that's the way they're aiming. They're aiming, what's that, further east of where they are. Yes, yes, that, that's the mention. Look, I mean, they're obviously looking at, at all the possibilities. Um, there's always been the talk of a, of a South Sea Island team a, a mixture between Fiji, uh, Samoa, and Tonga, which which obviously would, could could make for a strong team, and then obviously a, f- a few teams from Australia, and and even one as far as as away. But um, obviously, um, I think in a way they're forced to to look that way for for at least next year. Um, whatever happens after that, um, there's, there's still an agreement. There's still TV deals that have been signed that needs to be completed. Um, so, but 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 as Yuri Ruda, SA Rugby CEO, said earlier this week, um, at the moment, uh, each of the of the Sanzar member countries are within their own rights to to stage whatever events sure. they can possibly stage. Like like we're seeing now, the R2, whatever the New Zealand one is called, I have to yes. say it written down, and the Australians doing their thing. Yes, the Super Rugby AU, obviously in Australia, and the uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa in New Zealand. Um, unfortunately, South Africa still not allowed to, to host our own event at, at this moment of time, but hopefully it'll come in the next few months. <clears throat> I guess the good news, the Curry Cup sort of schedule has been announced for when it can go ahead. That looks like it's going to be quite a fun competition, though. Yes, definitely. Look, um, uh, the Curry Cup is a tournament that's almost fallen a little bit off the wayside in the last few years, which is understandable because you don't have the frontline players playing mm-hmm. anymore, but we've now been basically forced to... <laughs> To take our eight franchise teams, uh, if the rugby has announced that the eight teams are the only teams that will play any more rugby this year, okay. and that means that we're going to have pretty much uh, eight strength versus strength teams playing against each other, and that could really revive the Curry Cup to a to a, a, a format it hasn't it hasn't been in, in probably the last 10, 15 years actually. So it, it could actually end up a little bit of a positive for us in this. 
this dark time. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the, the dark isolation times. The, the sports that were watched were so big because there was nothing else to watch. Curry Cup will yes. have that luxury again. There's, there's, there'll be no other rugby on the go. You might as well watch the Curry Cup. Yeah, look, I mean, back then we had, when, when Western Province and the Bulls played, you know, you <laughs> yes. had 55,000 people. Uh. Uh, obviously, uh, within whatever, what is going on at the moment with, with COVID-19, <laughs> we won't have that many people in the stands if we have any people at all. Um, but the interest will certainly be a lot more than it used to be in, in, in the last few years in, in the Curry Cup. Um, and... Um, Obviously, next year when we're, we're probably going to, it, it looks like this, that we're going to have to be forced to play our own domestic Super Rugby event as well, which right. means uh, the same, basically the same eight teams playing in the Curry Cup later this year will then compete in an eight-team Super Rugby event next year, which obviously Western Province they play in the Curry Cup, but the Stormers play in mm. in Super Rugby, but mm. it's essentially the same thing. Um, but I guess it's better than nothing. It's, it's probably the only, the only, the only route that, that that can go over the next year, probably. Yeah, that that, in, that initial idea about regional teams fell away quite a few years ago, doesn't it? Where where the Sharks were supposed to include the Eastern Province and uh, what was it? the Lions was the high felt. That's kind of gone away. It is in essence, it's still the Lions and the Bulls and the Sharks. You know, it's it's those same teams, aren't they? Yes, obviously the the, the cheetahs uh, have, have now now have a franchise on their own. Mm. Way back when, it used to be the cats when the yes. lions and the cheetahs were playing together as one team. And Eastern Province and Border they formed part of of the sharks franchise. But the kings have their own franchise now. And then obviously, a couple of years back, Greekers and the Pumas have well, they received franchise status as well. So there's actually eight franchise teams in the country at the moment. And it's SA Rugby's job at the moment to try and and get those teams to play in as many competitions as possible because Crickers and, and the Pumas have, have sort of been a bit out in the wilderness yet they've, they've got these this franchise status that they have and then this thing will now create a perfect opportunity for them to for them to play in back-to-back tournaments that could you know, uh, generate a significant amount of interest in uh, locally in South Africa. My guest is Herman Mostert, a columnist at Sport24. One of the things he writes about is gives SA time to breathe, as you've heard. But where is the future international rugby? We'll talk to him about that in a moment. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.6 FM in Palabora. Sports columnist Herman Mostert from Sport24.co.za joins us. Herman, uh, we just got a WhatsApp coming in as well saying, will, will playing, not playing Super Rugby, will that drop our standards? And how can we maintain those standards? Where's the international rugby going to be happening for us? Look, for the foreseeable future, um, and I'm talking about the latter part of 2020 and the, the early parts of 2021, the... <laughs> There won't be, from a domestic point of view, there will be literally no chance for us to compete against New Zealand or Australian teams um, simply because of the travel burden that's on there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's obviously, you know, there's been talks of possibly South African teams in the future moving up north to the Northern Hemisphere where they where they could play could play against in the Pro 14 or in the European Champions Cup. But... Um, from now until June next year, when the British and Irish Irish Lions tour, there, there won't be that opportunity. 
except for the Springboks, who at the moment look slated to play against uh, in the in the rugby championship, uh, which will mm. be hosted in New Zealand, and they'll travel there and obviously host the tournament in the bio bubble with Australia and Argentina obviously also involved. Um, so that's about the only the only bit of international action that we'll get. Uh, yes, the worry is definitely there that there won't be our players would go in undercooked. New Zealand, uh, as we mentioned earlier, has, has been playing their their own domestic competition as has Australia. Um, and, and yeah, it, it could be it could be the Springboks, you know, heading into that a little bit undercooked. But um, that's the scenario, unfortunately, in yeah. these extraordinary times that we're living in yeah. at the moment. The New Zealand sides they admitted it this week as well. They've been taking a bit of a pounding, playing derbies. Yeah, you got a hyper derby up. They have been putting in the the minutes on the field. They're taking some strain as well. So maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel that we'll have fresh players. Yes, yeah, definitely. You know those. <clears throat> Those derbies definitely on a, on a physical front take a lot out of the players, um, uh, but the interest is there. You know, the, the crowds or the, and they, for the first mm-hmm. time in a long while they're selling out stadiums, the um, capacity crowds that they have. That's not the case in Australia. The standard seems to be a lot lower in Australia, um, but I think um, altogether, if you you'd rather have you know guys who have played a, a few months of competitive um, strength versus strength rugby than guys who have been sitting on doing not much contact action for for, for four months now. So uh, it it, it would be tough for us, but I think by the time the rugby championship is only... it's only scheduled for for at the end of November and early December. So by that time, we would have played hopefully a, a Curry Cup already, and hopefully it will be as fierce and as competitive as Super Rugby Aotearoa Rua has has proved so far. And uh, yeah, like we said earlier, hopefully the Curry Cup will um, will, will be revived somewhat as it was a few years back. All right, Herman, I said at the beginning of the program, there's always been talk about Super Rugby in South Africa getting the short end of the straw to rugby champs as well. Uh, the distance travel, it's always difficult time zones and things. Is it time for SA Rugby to finally go, all right, guys, we're done with that. We, it was a great idea, but we have to look north-south now because the time zones and that's the future for rugby for South Africa. Yes, that's... Um Listening to SA Rugby CEO Yuri Vu earlier uh, this week, um, he didn't ad- uh, admit it in as many words, but he did admit that the governing body is in talks with various stakeholders and they are looking at, at, at opportunities elsewhere. Um, he called it a plan B and a plan C. Now, he didn't disclose what his plans B and what his plans <laughs> C are, mm-hmm. but... Um, uh, you can assume that some of those plans include the South African teams playing either in <clears throat> in the, the Pro 14 or in the European Champions Cup, or both. You know, like I said, we've got eight franchises right. now, and they need to try and accommodate both those franchises. And those two tournaments probably look the most viable. It's from from a travel perspective, it's much easier. You can you can fly overnight almost, and then pay a couple of days later in London. Mm. Uh, you know, when you have to travel to Australasia, it it takes a significant time. You know, the players are jet lagged, and and you can see the results. You know, it's not easy to go and win in New Zealand. Um, and then obviously from the monetary perspective, you know, it it it, it will be a boost. Um, Yuri Ru did say that. They're not in a position now where they're not 
you know, earning a significant amount uh, in the current Sanzar environment. They are bringing in some money. You know, there's TV deals in place and there is interest in it. But um, you would think that the, the, the opportunities up north would probably be more lucrative. Um, <clears throat> however, then you have to weigh it against, you know, what what is that going to do for the quality of, of the country's mm-hmm. rugby? You know, if we never, or not on a yearly basis, play against the trend setting New Zealand sites, then, you know, we could fall a bit behind the wayside. So there's, you know, there's pros and cons, and, and like like I mentioned, they this, in, in a weird sense, this whole COVID situation where has actually given them time to really think long and hard about it um, where they don't have to make hasty decisions. All right, <clears throat> Herman, we need to wrap it up. As you heard, I'm sure I'm chatting to Chili Boy Relapele in well, 15 or so minutes from now. If you had one question to put to Chili Boy, what would it be? Uh, I would ask him what was his decision making in how did it come across um, the, pe- the people that he got involved, the people to manage him, the people that gave him advice? Um, how, how, how did that whole process unfold? Um, because obviously he surrounded himself with people who yes. gave him wrong information and uh, he made some wrong choices. Um, yeah, so I would ask um, what that whole process entailed and Maybe he didn't trust the right people around him, or maybe it was his own mistakes that he made, or maybe it was a conspiracy like he claimed like at the moment. Saying. So I'm not sure. All right, I'll ask that question. Thanks very much for that. It's been great chatting to you. Herman Moster, thank you very much. Uh, writer at sports24.co.za. You can read his articles and his columns there.